0: In this episode of Let's Just Talk About It, we focus on the other side, the often overlooked side of miscarriage and baby loss, the partner's experience. It takes two to make a baby, and when things go wrong, it's as much the partner's loss as it is the patient's. So in this episode, we honor and address the needs of all partners. Hello, James. Hiya. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. How are you?
1: Uh, Not too bad, thank you, not too bad.
0: As you're aware, this is a podcast show about a miscarriage and highlighting how common it is in the UK. And especially on this episode, we are targeting or trying to reach out and connect with partners of women who experience miscarriage. So I really, really want to thank you because I think partners often get sidelined without anyone meaning for them to. So this is a very, very thoughtful and brave of you. So thank you so very much
1: it's not a problem at all.
0: Would you like to just begin by telling us a little bit about what your experience with miscarriages?
1: Yeah, so I'm 36 now, my wife's 35. We've been married five years. Within that time, we've had seven miscarriages, different types of miscarriages. I can't remember the Specific types, but I know we've had a couple of ectopic pregnancies. Oh, I can't remember what they were off the top of my head. We've had, yeah, sort of seven in total. Um, we do now have um, a 19 month old son. He was conceived. Essentially, we we had to go down. The private route. We did initially consult with the NHS. Um, I think after my wife had I can't remember if it was her fourth or fifth miscarriage, she um approached the NHS, she did quite a few blood tests, various other tests and whatnot. And they couldn't see anything wrong. We were referred to there is a miscarriage clinic. I can't remember what the name of it is. The hospital in Paddington, and we was referred there, and no further along. So we eventually went down the private route. An expert on High Street called Dr. Shahata, who has experience with sort of um, recurring miscarriage. So my wife. Started on the course of treatment and thankfully, after she started the treatment, I say she went through to 12 weeks and then everything else afterwards was absolutely fine. Um, and so yeah, our son was born in uh, December 2016. But, uh, yeah, with I say in the five years we've since we've been married, I say we've had seven miscarriages in total.
0: It's quite a journey to have had as a couple. Yeah. Could you, for our listeners, you know, any partners listening in, Mm -hmm. could you share with us some of your personal experiences as the partner, seeing your own partner go through this? What were the kind of emotions you were feeling?
1: Well, I remember the first miscarriage very well. I was at work and I got a phone call from my wife's sister and... I just sort of knew sort of instantaneously I, I, I think she was going for a 12-week scan and I wasn't able um, or oh, no I, I can't remember what the circumstances were but she went to our the, the local early pregnancy units because I think she was having some bleeding and I saw uh, I had a call from my sister-in-law and I sort of in knew straight away that saying might be wrong and so when I got to the hospital after leaving work um, the sort of doctor sort of informed me that the baby had stopped growing around sort of eight weeks or so yeah it was a, just a massive sort of body blow because probably about a week earlier I'd been out with one of my friends and I was uh, obviously I know you're, you're generally not meant to say anything until 12 weeks but I was just sort of so excited that I had to say something to him. And then a week later, you know, we were there and we we're being told that the baby, you know, hadn't grown for three weeks. It was more, I was probably just more sort of shocked and stunned, but my wife was just in pieces. She was absolutely devastated. So it was more a case of having to just look after her and console her. She was to to sort of make the miscarriage complete. She was given the pessaries and she sort of eventually miscarried the baby at home sort of probably about three or four hours later but in that time she the most excruciating pain and agony and sort of hurt I think I'd ever seen anybody in my life and it was just horrible that I couldn't really do anything for her other than just to sort of be there and provide support and so she eventually the baby came And we, I don't know why, but we we sort of, we kept it in a a plastic tub for just a day. Mm. And I remember when I was past it, I just sort of sat there and I was just so sad that, you know, this little baby that was in front of me. You know, I was already sort of thinking about his life ahead and what we were going to do together and if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And it was just seeing this tiny little thing in front of me that just, you know, just didn't didn't have a chance. And it just made me so sad that this baby was never going to be. So that was the first time. The second time, I think we'd gone for like a private scan at around about sort of eight weeks because my wife was very sort of anxious to make sure that everything was okay. um so we went for a private scan at eight weeks and they said the baby was a little small but it was you know there was a heartbeat and whatnot and then within i said two or three weeks my wife was bleeding again we went to the early pregnancy unit again and they said that the baby had stopped growing again it was just more sort of i don't know sort of disbelief the second time around that you know I'd, i'd never even heard of sort of i knew of miscarriage I didn't know about it until it happened the first time. And then oh, the second time, I thought, well, I can't, how can that be? You know, every, people just get pregnant. I don't understand how we can't have a baby. And then just sort of as the, the sort of years and sort of months went by, it was, I don't know, just more, I don't know, we'd never really got our hopes up because we just always assumed and always feared the worst that when it got to eight weeks or so, that we just, I don't know, we just expected it not to follow through. So yeah, that, it was just generally sort of it was sadness and upset the first couple of times, and then I don't know, just maybe bitterness and just then I don't know, just regret the longer it went on.
0: I remember sharing, you know, a lot of your emotions when I went through my own miscarriage, and it's such a sad time. It just takes you by surprise, and you feel quite alone, don't you, at a time like that?
1: Yeah, I mean. The first couple of times when we were at the hospital, this, you know, the nurses and the staff were very good. They're very understanding and very supportive. But it's always a case of the, certainly our early pregnancy unit that you come in and you go out the same door. So you have to walk out after being told you you don't have a baby into a room full of, you know, very pregnant women. And it's just just having to then sort of face up that, you know, you're not going to be coming back with a baby is you know, it's hard to take sometimes.
0: It's definitely, I think, one of the most difficult things we as human beings go through in this life experience. I do want to talk about the emotional side, but I think what would be very helpful is to talk about the kind of facilities you had to help you at a time. Yeah. Could you highlight for any partners listening in you know what kind of resources are available to us in this country?
1: Yeah, absolutely um I would highly recommend the miscarriage association. They are a charity that operates sort of a a, a manned phone line sort of during the day for people they they have a website as well where people can look for information and whatnot. but they have a a manned phone line uh, that you can call and I remember calling them I can't remember which which miscarriage it was but I just remember just calling them up and just sort of sobbing my eyes out because I was just so devastated that um, I don't know we thought that this was the one and it wasn't and I just I don't know I just couldn't accept that and they just sat there very patiently listened to me and yeah they were just very good for support um other than the miscarriage association there's not a great deal of help out there. The NHS don't seem to offer you any sort of counselling whatsoever. Yeah, Other than the Miscarriage Association, I can't think of anywhere else where you can get any support, which is quite sad, really, because it's such a common occurrence that you would think that more would be done or more would be offered to help people. But uh, no, sadly, it's not. So, yeah, other than the Miscarriage Association, I can't really recommend anywhere else, but I would highly recommend the Miscarriage Association for anybody who does experience anything like this
0: the other sort of helpful pointer I think for partners would be if you think about partners watching their wives go through this you know what Mm they actually use as a tool through this process in terms of comforting their partners and also themselves let's talk about their partners first and then we'll go on to themselves
1: it's a horrible thing for any woman to have to go through so you just certainly from what i recall you just have to be there to you know to be there to be a shoulder to cry on it's a massive sort of change in the woman's body as well so you have to be there sort of physically for them as well to support them you have to try and keep a bit of positivity you know it's a horrible and dark period but you have to just remind yourselves that you will get through this and you will you know good things will come in the end so you just have to try and sort of keep up everybody's spirits by just you know saying that this is a horrible thing you're going through at this moment in time but you will come out of it stronger. And obviously, we have been lucky. You know, we have got a baby eventually, but you just have to keep positive that it will come eventually. So, yeah, you just have to be as supportive. It's hard for you to let your emotions show too much because obviously your partner is, is already feeling bad enough as it is and I just think, if certainly for me, but I just thought if I was showing how I was feeling, it wouldn't help the situation. I think if we were both feeling as bad as each other, then would it have been hard to, to get ourselves out of the out of the spiral? So yeah, you just have to be as positive and as supportive and as loving as you can be um, for your partner, just to keep them going, basically.
0: Yes, and obviously it's not sustainable to pour from an empty cup. So in terms of tools that, you know, partners could utilize other than ringing the miscarriage association mm-hmm. within themselves, either seeking counseling or sort of going off into nature, you know, are there some suggestions that you could make to partners out there?
1: I would certainly say if you can, if you can find something to... Not distract you, but to keep your mind from it that's very good. I mean, i ride a bicycle, so I would sort of go out and I would just ride and sort of that would clear my head, and I would be able to sort of just sort of think positively so distracting yourself in a good way will not to take your mind it will take your mind off of it. it won't make you forget about it, but it will sort of just help i say just sort of clear things up. I wouldn't say sitting on a dwelling on it is is a good thing like i say you need to try and be positive and think that okay this time it wasn't us it was we were unlucky but next time you know we will it will be us you know we will make it through mm. 238 weeks um so that's about all i can suggest really just to sort of say if you're just keep your mind active and engaged and it will be a useful sort of distraction going to work certainly helped after the first couple of days. Um, because as I say it gave, it gave me something to distract myself, but obviously I was always sort of focusing back on that, the you know, my wife was ultimately still suffering. So yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if it's not particularly good advice.
0: No, I think actually you've uh, highlighted some very key points that are uh, very useful. I think first of all, it is uh, partners being encouraged to express themselves, you know, to release the pain themselves because it is a very difficult and painful experience. So to not neglect themselves, to distract themselves, going to work, not dwelling on things and clearing your mind, these are great points. And obviously you incorporated them into your life and that's how, you know, both of you got through this journey and you have a beautiful sun today. So no, everything you're saying is very, very useful. I think the other thing with emotions is that when we talk about them, they become easier to deal with. And sensitive emotions and sensitive topics like this that are taboo need uncovering. They need expression. And just listening to you today, I'm sure is helping a lot of people. Now, I wanted to just touch upon... The various ways that the NHS sort of tells us we can deal with miscarriage, obviously there's the you know medical management, there's the pills, and then there's the natural way. For me personally, we went down the medical management route because we weren't sure about the surgery, and we were quite careful when, when it came to you know the side effects of the surgery. Mm-hmm. So uh, we went down the other route, the medical management route, and it was such a difficult experience experience for us because we obviously didn't know what to expect so I don't think our preference would be the medical management route but did you sort of have a preference in the end I mean
1: well yeah after the I think certainly the second and third times my wife went for the surgical procedure I remember that the first time she had the surgical procedure, there were complications, nothing too serious, but it wasn't as straightforward as what it should have been. And she chose to, for the second and third times the surgical procedure because the pain of the first, when she had it medically managed, it was just so much for her to bear, but she didn't want to go through that again. And I'd sort of supported her because it was, like I said, it was horrible to watch and I didn't want her to go through that again. So she, yeah, so she had the surgical procedure the second and third times. I think every time afterwards, I think it worked. They were just sort of natural miscarriages. I would certainly say to anybody that If you are given the option, I mean everybody's circumstances are different, but I would say that the surgical procedure is certainly from other than the sort of slight complication my wife had, it's a much better option because it's just it's day surgery. You go in the morning, you'll be home in the afternoon, and then you can then recover quicker and better than it being sort of medically managed. I found, well, we both found, I think.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that assessment. Now, in hindsight, (laughs) Not want to go through that ever again in my whole life, no. <laughs> um, but it's good for people to know you know, and for us to share our experiences. So every case is so individual, but if people have opinions to go by, it could help them in their yes. the making. Let's move away from you know the tougher aspects of this. I'm not sure there are easy aspects to this, mm-hmm. but yeah. Let's, let's just talk a bit about modern day society and our view on relationships. I think there's such a focus on finding the right person, getting along with them to the extent that we don't realize that once you find that person and you get married and you try for a baby, there's a whole plethora of things that are waiting for you, you know? <laughs> And I think educating couples and educating people earlier in life, either through the NHS or even at university, you know, would really help people in how long they take to make this decision. And it would be more of an informed decision, don't you think?
1: Yeah, because we just, because um, my wife was on the pill before we got married. And then after we got married, she made a decision that she wanted to come off the pill so we could try for a family. And I mean, I don't know how much of a delay her being on the pill sort of meant... for for us before you know we could conceive or anything like that but yeah you do need to think about you know when you do want to start trying for a family you need to think however or not you know if you need to start coming off the pill sooner or or what basically because I say we it took us sort of almost a I think like a year and a bit before we actually conceived the first time so you do need to think in advance of you know your birth control methods
0: yes And I think just being aware that these things are possible. I mean, in today's world, you know, there's so much information shared about the kind of diseases you can get, the kind of problems you may encounter if you do this, that and the other and make these lifestyle choices or those lifestyle choices. I think if we also began a dialogue around fertility and planning a family that was more active and proactive, I think it would just make people think about life in a different way in a more informed way in a more way and then that would allow us to not be so shocked and to not be left out at sea because honestly it does feel like that doesn't it this happens to you
1: yeah i mean I just assumed that as soon as my wife came off the pill, that, you know, we would have a baby straight away. You know, that's always what I've not not been I don't let to believe. But you just, um, you know, people just seem to get pregnant at the drop of a hat. So I just assumed that, you know, as soon as she came off the pill, that, you know, that would be it straight away. And we start, you know, a, a baby would come sort of fairly soon after. So, yeah, people do need to plan ahead. So probably wrong word to use, but you do need to think that it's not as easy. As what you may think it is, um, you need to be prepared that, you know, for various, you know, different reasons, you may not be able to have a child straight away and you need to be sort of ready for that. I think
0: Yes, I think sort of also the whole process of, you know, planning a child and experiencing parenthood is such a delight for most of us after we get married to start our own families, that it's such an intimate feeling that we, you know, need to look after it more and we need to look after the circumstances surrounding it more with a lot more care than life is affording us today at the speed we are going. So it's about being aware that this this is a delicate process and it is going to require much attention and a lot of thought and careful planning. Yeah. So I think that's another dialogue that couples should be encouraged to have quite earlier on, especially when planning a family.
1: Yeah, it's a massive, life-changing thing so as soon as you know your baby's born you've got to look after that person that is that's your only priority in life now uh, to make sure that that baby you know grows up and it is safe and is healthy and whatnot and it's there's there's nothing that can prepare you for that unfortunately <laughs>